It's time for episode 272 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 12th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that if you fall, it will catch you. It'll be waiting time after time. I am one of your co-hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across this vast and ever-changing internet by my co-host, Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm good, but now I'm worried about falling. Is there like, should I be wearing a helmet? Don't worry. Is there a safety concern? Does OSHA (laughs) manage this workplace? Listen, I'll be waiting time after time. No worries. Okay. All right. Thank you. I feel good. I feel good. Uh, and while I am waiting to catch our awesome guests, I'd like to tell you about the person to my left. It is the host of Friends in Your Ears, as well as the number one unicorn. <laughs> it is Kathy Campbell. <laughs> Hello, Kathy. Hi, Micah. And now I will have that song stuck in my head. Thank you so much. Time after that, time. that is a service that we provide. To my left, a first timer here on Clockwise. Uh, we are so glad to have him. He's the chief automation officer of Smarter Home Life. Joe Duganzik, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on the show. I've heard Clockwise many times, so I'm excited to be here. We are delighted that you're here. All righty. Well, you know how this works. Four people, four topics, and we got to get going because they're only 30 minutes. So I'm going to kick things off with my topic. I'm curious. Uh, I just saw <laughs> that uh, there were some interesting bits of data about the Uber self-driving car before it ended up uh, ended up being involved in a fatal accident. I'm curious, uh, What? how far away do you think our self-driving uh, car future is, and do you think you're going to see it in your lifetime? Kathy, we'll start with you. Well, the truth is we're already seeing it now. It's just not successful because they're putting people as backup that aren't really doing the job. I read the article that you linked, and it was talking about how people weren't being vetted or trained properly, which seems to be kind of a problem with technology in a greater arc is that like, we'll just shove the cheapest person in connected to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if they took safety more seriously, but more particularly had the people that were the emergency backup in those self-driving cars, if they took it more seriously, maybe things would be going better. Um, So I don't know how soon this will be a common thing that is actually working, but hopefully it'll be soon. <laughs> I'm going to be way more skeptical. I have This is a source of a, a long-running argument between me and one of my best friends who is an emergency room doctor because he is all, I cannot wait until there are self-driving cars because people are idiots and this will save so many people's lives. And I... Having worked in technology for many years, are like, are you kidding? <laughs> Have you seen the way the technology works? Um, I can't even get my, you know, voice activated assistant to work reliably in my kitchen when it's stationary and not responsible for 2000 pounds of glass and metal. Uh, so I am much more skeptical about this. I think that we're going to continue to see these features roll out 
gradually. Um, I think there are going to be some setbacks as we see cases like this where there are collisions that are fatal. And yes, I realize that people are responsible for so many more accidents uh, and that people are unreliable and that, you know, cowards don't get drunk and drive under the influence and the like. So I am hopeful that down the road, no pun intended, this could lead to safer, uh, you know, safer uh, backup systems at the very least for manual driving. And that in some cases, we might be able to turn cars over to self-driving thing. But I'm extremely skeptical at a future of <laughs> self-driving cars everywhere on all streets <laughs> anytime in the foreseeable future. Maybe during my lifetime, but I think we're going to run up against a lot of regulation issues and a lot of sort of fuzzy technical details in between now and then. So, yeah, I'm a little more skeptical than Kathy, I think. Joe, what about you? Well, Dan, I do have to agree with you on, on on some of the things you said in terms of I'm a little bit skeptical of the technology as well. But, you know, here in Phoenix, um, obviously... We had the Uber accident that, that happened um, earlier this year. But Waymo has been testing um, and actually has been running their little uh, kind of early rider program about 10 miles away from me. And I'm not, I haven't, I've not, unless you live in that area, you can't use it. And they're about to launch their, um, their paid service. But I like that they're being cautious. I feel like, I feel like Waymo is being the most cautious of, of all the companies who are doing the testing that they're just taking things baby steps. And I think it's a trust issue. I think largely, are people going to trust the technology? And I also am concerned about like hackers, like how secure is it? Can the Russians get me and find my self-driving car and drive me into the Grand Canyon? You know, so where's the, <laughs> where, where's the button? Where's the button that actually disconnects like the wireless communication? I don't know. I think we're a couple years away. I think it's, I think it's an issue of largely it's regulation. I, it's hard. For, I don't have a crystal ball here. Huh. So this is the thing. When you come on clockwise, you have to have a crystal ball. That's the deal. Uh, <laughs> I left mine in the fridge. It's it's frozen. <laughs> it's getting it's get recrystallizing. Uh, all great answers on that. I actually just the reason why I wrote this topic in this morning uh, is because last night I had a dream that my grandma and I were. We're literally sleeping in a self-driving car. Like we, she and I were on a cross country <laughs> trip. And so like we had woke, I had woken up. She was, you know, sort of hanging out, just like playing a little words with friends on her phone. And I woke up and I'm like, whoa, why is nobody driving? And she's like, Micah, it's a self-driving car, you fool. And ended up cr the self-driving car crashed, but it was human <laughs> error. And I think that's the big thing is that humans are selfish. We are selfish. And so when it comes to driving, we, and when I say we, I mean we as a whole, humanity, are comfortable with doing things that really we should not be doing in the car. So I want these self-driving cars to be part of my life. But I don't know if that's going to happen until, you know, I'm, I'm much older and then I'm the one telling my grandson, because we're in a self-driving car, stop freaking out. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Kathy, let's go ahead and move on to your topic. All right. I recently created a book on how to hire and work with someone to help you in your small business. And I was wondering if you were hiring an entourage to do minor things in your technical life, who would you hire and what would they do? 
So, yeah, if I was hiring, I think the the biggest problem for me is like, I don't think I would hire people in my technical life as much to do things because that's the stuff I feel comfortable doing. Like, there's definitely stuff that annoys me about technical stuff. Like, maybe I just have a assistant instead of a digital assistant <laughs> to like yeah. make calendar appointments and handle my email and that kind of stuff. But I feel like what I actually need are people like to do other, like do all my bookkeeping, for example. Like, <laughs> that's stuff that it's like, I can do this, but it would be much more fun to not do this. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that there's like a good technical thing that people like, I, I guess it would be like, you know, if I wanted to have like a, like somebody taking pictures all the time and, and, and not have <laughs> to take my own pictures, maybe I'd have like a, photo- like, like, uh, the president has like a photographer that follows them around. I need somebody documenting really every moment of my life because it's very important. Joe, what about you? Uh, well, let's see. If I, if I talked about my whole YouTube thing, I, I need a staff, like, that would be inexpensive, but that doesn't really happen. <laughs> um, I need people, you know what I think is, I spend so much time working on my smart home stuff and, and debugging things and working on things for shows. And then I run into like real life technical problems. Not that often, but I need people to solve those problems for me so I can work on something else. So I, I don't know who those people would be. I have some friends who I can, I just, you know, it's kind of like you need that little, almost like a little brain trust. Like I'm having this issue. You go research it for me because I don't have the time and then I'll fix it. But I just need the answer. That's actually what I need. I need people to find answers for me. That's 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 my answer. You need a, you need a researcher or a reference. I need librarian. a researcher exactly. I'm good at actually doing stuff, but I need the answers like fast. See now you you went and stole my answer there at the end. Uh, uh. Worked your way around to it. That's that's what I want is a person who does research for me. Um, so I, I like. Uh, originally I thought this was a question about like who exactly you would hire and I was going to make a joke about hiring Dan but now that we've moved on <laughs> you can't to... afford me <laughs> you you have no idea <laughs> um, so I would I would love to hire a researcher and the thing is it wouldn't just be in tech stuff I am just I love 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 trivia of all sorts and I don't mean it in like a very specific very like I go to bars and and get angry whenever I don't win trivia. I mean, I just like knowing stuff and anytime someone teaches me something new about pretty much anything, I am so excited to be like, "Did you know that we produce a gallon of snot a day?" and like just random stuff like that I love. And so sometimes I'll come up with questions that I have about a particular thing and if i could hire somebody who does the work of not just doing a google search but digging in and finding the full answer and can like give me a quick presentation or pass me over like an index card of information and i learn that thing that would be so awesome any last thoughts on that kathy I love all of those answers. This mainly came up in my brain um, because I need somebody to make sure all of my batteries are charged. Um, (laughs) I tried using my GoPro. Yeah, I tried using my GoPro yesterday and it hadn't been charged in forever and it was dead. And I was like, ah. And then I have three separate batteries for my camera. And this is my busy season for photography. And uh, they were all like half charged. So I just need somebody in charge of my batteries. So anyone in the area willing to come and do that, I can pay you in applause and <laughs> internet acclaim. Now that we have reached halftime, I want to tell you all about our pals at Kane 11. 
is the company that makes ridiculously comfortable socks in precisely your size. The socks you're wearing right now are probably a one-size-fits-all solution, but <laughs> we don't all have the same size feet. We're all different. And the folks at Kane 11 thought that since we wear socks every day, they deserve some innovation. Amen. Well, Kane 11's Merino wool socks offer a precise fit. Those come from 11 available sizes, 7 through 17. You will be amazed when you feel the difference of socks that truly fit. For one, they are made right here in the USA. They're made with merino wool that keeps your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And they're available in smart, confident styles is how they describe it to suit your look. I got uh, two pairs of Kane 11 socks. When I slid them on my feet, I was able to pull them up and immediately the heel went right where it was supposed to. And my toes were nice and uh, wrapped, but not like not so tight that it, it felt uncomfortable. So I really like the fact that you can just sort of put them on without thinking. There's no adjustments that you have to make, which often happens with other socks where you're like, oh no, the heel's all the way up by my knee. Now, if for any reason you don't love your socks, you can send them back for an exchange or a return with no questions asked. And Kane 11 socks, they make the perfect gift for the person who has everything because they definitely don't have Kane 11 socks. Now, to get your own Kane 11 socks in precisely your size, you're going to head to Kane11.com slash clockwise and enter the promo code clockwise to get 20% off your order. That's Kane11.com slash clockwise with the promo code clockwise for 20% off your first order. Thanks so much to Kane 11 for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Let's Take it over to Dan. So I recently bought a pair of wireless earbuds. These are kind of like AirPods, but they're they're like off-brand AirPods. And uh, they're the rubber-tipped uh, variety of earbuds. And I put them in, and I walked to my local coffee shop and discovered that I could hear every single vibration of my footfall through my ears. And I hate it immensely. And I remembered I hate earbuds <laughs> so yeah that was a uh a, a cheap flyer i took on those guys and they will probably be going to my fiance instead so my question for you is what kind of headphones do you use regularly i've got like three or four pairs i use for like distinct purposes but i'm curious to know what is your headphone assortment uh like joe Besides uh, the traditional, just Apple um, uh, AirPods, not AirPods, but the EarPods, the wired ones, which I'll, which I have in right now, and I use for listening to things or checking audio sources here. Um, when I'm when I'm at the gym, when I'm doing like workouts or whatever, I, I want to have something that I there's no cables, there's no wires. I'm not completely on board with AirPods. I, I really love the idea, the idea, but I just don't like the idea that they're kind of not somehow attached to my head. So I've always had wireless kind of generic brand uh, headphones, but uh, they broke um, about like nine months ago. So I replaced them ultimately with the Aftershocks, those bone conduction earphones. Mm -hmm. They're called, the specific model is called Trex Titanium. And I don't want to make an ad out of it, but I really think they're pretty cool. They uh, they have actual physical like volume controls. They've got a button for uh, voice control and making calls and so forth. It's got the microphone. So I can talk to, uh, what's her name, uh, on my iPhone to get the music playlists and whatever going. <laughs> but for me specifically, I gave up my car a couple of years ago in Phoenix. Uh, I don't know how I survive in the summer. I just melt into the pavement, but I bike around town and they're great because you can hear what's going on around you in addition to hearing the music. And that's for me is, is a big thing. They actually sound pretty darn amazing for bone conduction because there's no real 
they're not really making sound directly. They're just producing the uh, the vibrations. I've been really impressed with them. They're about a hundred to a hundred thirty bucks, I think. That's that's my answer. They're cool. Come in a few different colors too. I work from home, and uh, it's just the dogs and me in the house, and so most of the time I don't use headphones because I can listen on either the HomePod or I've got a UE Boom. Three, I think it is. I don't know. It's some really nice uh, waterproof Bluetooth speaker that I can sort of walk around in the house with and listen to audiobooks or podcasts or music or what have you. Um, and so I, I don't tend to have headphones over my ears because I don't much care for that <laughs> experience. Um, but right now I'm using the Sony MD blah, 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 whatever it is, like the standard podcast mm-hmm. headphones that, that a lot of people have. And when I'm out and about, I'm either using my AirPods, um, which are fine, but like Joe, I also am kind of weirded out by them not being attached to anything. Um, there, it's usually not an issue, but sometimes they, they get a little loosey goosey and it's, uh, troublesome. But my, my go to headphones when I sort of want to just, tune out the the world and listen to whatever it is I'm listening to are some Bose quiet comfort earbuds. And what I like about those is I have, uh, I got this, I think it's called iFrogs is the name of the company. And they just do a bunch of Bluetooth headphone stuff. And um, iFrogs has a sound hub now that it, it has a little headphone jack in the top and it comes with some cheapo headphones that you can use, earbuds that you can use, but you can unplug those, uh, those little buds, plug in any pair of headphones and turn it into a Bluetooth listening device. And so I use the, the iFrog sound hub with my Bose quiet comfort headphones. And that is the perfect experience for me. I currently have, well, I'm very similar to Micah in that I, listen to things just from my iPhone speaker because I also work from home. Uh, however, I do have three sets of headphones that tend to be in rotation for different uses. Uh, the main ones that I'm using right now are my Brookstone cat ear headphones that also have a unicorn horn attached to them because, of course, I got to be on brand. Uh, but then I also, the AirPods are just incredible because you don't have to turn them on by pulling them out of the case they're on. I hate having to, oh, you got to hold down the button and then it does a da 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 as it turns on <laughs> for most Bluetooth headphones. I hate that. I hate it so much. And so AirPods are great and it's super easy for me to just pull them out if I'm walking downtown or anything like that. Uh, and then for longer periods of time, because the AirPods do tend to hurt my ears if I'm using them for longer than like half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, so I do have Beats Solo 2 that I use. These are my main travel headphones if I'm on an airplane or anything along those lines. So yeah, I have no solutions for you, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm aware I'm beyond help. Um, <laughs> I think I'm up to four pairs of headphones I use fairly regularly. Right now, like Micah, I'm using my Sony MDR monitors, you know, very podcast standard. I find them very comfortable. I actually bought like a way more expensive pair that somebody recommended and thought they were too heavy and too warm and terrible. Oh, and, like, literally I bought it cheaper. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I like, I'm just going to buy those Sony MDR ones. I'm like, oh, these are perfect. This is exactly what I want. 
Uh, and then I have, for my walking around headphones, I have a pair of Cosporta Pro Bluetooth ones, which I like, except for the fact that they have a wire connecting both sides. So they're like over ear, like your classic, like Sony Walkman headphones. Um, but like they've got a little wire connecting them, which I don't love. And it has the, as Kathy alluded to, the, uh, you know, Bluetooth has some issues. Um, I have like, um, like Joe, I've got a cheap pair of, uh, wireless headphones that I use at the gym. Um, I haven't tried switching the potent conduction things, but I'm kind of intrigued by that. Um, cause those are fine, but they're not really great at noise blocking. They just happen. Their virtue is they're wireless and they're cheap. Uh, and then I have, um, a pair of, uh, of noise canceling, the Bose noise canceling ones for traveling the plane. And then a cheap pair of earbuds that I do wear only when I'm like trying to fall asleep and I can't fall asleep because I don't mind the noise blockage as much as much which I'm when I'm just lying in bed. Uh, and those are actually use one of the um, I think it's the Blue Ant, which is like a Bluetooth transceiver. So they're wired, but they plug into like a little Bluetooth transceiver. Um, mm. So I can use those at night without disrupting my partner or uh, any of that good stuff. And they're fine. They're not great quality, but they're there just to like play some soothing noises so i can drift off to sleep so yeah i would be great if i have one pair of headphones that fit like all of these things but i guess the answer is there's different tools for different jobs all right thanks for your thoughts on that let's go to our last topic which comes from joe okay so i cover the smart home so it's a smart home topic so the past you know five six seven years maybe we've seen the use you know and sales of all these smart home gadgets and of course you know, very popularized by the Amazon Echo and Lady A and Google and, and so forth. It's like exploded, like huge growth over the past five or so years. But some of the challenges with all of this tech haven't been solved for like average users getting started. So the other question is, now that we have all these products, like, you know, there's a there's a product for every category in the home. Where do we go from here? Like, where is the promise of the smart home being like, super easy for users and where where's this whole thing going now that we have all these gadgets when i think of what a truly smart home does and is it means that it actually learns and so it figures out that every day when i walk into my office and sit into my chair i probably want to trigger my podcast scene because that's you know i i need those lights to be on i need these different things to happen in the room and when i wake up in the morning at whatever time it happens to be I like to have these lights come on and, you know, then we get into the, the area of like a shower, um, a smart shower and having, you know, the shower turn on and get to the right heat and then let me know so I can go take my shower. And then my coffee gets made for me. Like all of these things, they exist in individual pieces, but we need to have that central brain that brings it all together. Kathy, what are your thoughts? I have an interesting situation in that I live in my house with my daughter who is almost 10 and does not currently have a smartphone. And then my husband who's disabled and also does not have a smartphone. Um, the pro, the main problem I see now is that most smart home devices need a phone in order to do it. I, I'm aware that you can use the echo to do certain things. Um, but, a lot of it still requires that smartphone. Um, so I kind of like the idea of a hub, a better hub or something that you can, a device that can manage everything outside of your phone. So yeah, just kind of a centralized way to manage things without needing your phone would be great. 
Yeah, I think that gets to some of this point, and and some of it is that, you know, smart home stuff does remain to a certain degree a novelty. Uh, There are definitely places where even though I enjoy the convenience a smart home has to offer, it does sometimes feel like a step back. And I speak to this as somebody who, you know, rents an apartment. Therefore, my my ability to add smart home stuff is fairly limited to non-destructive things. Um, So, you know, I replaced a bunch of light bulbs with hue bulbs, which I like. But at the same time, there's an argument of, well, is the ability to control these lights um, from my phone better than being able to just reach over and turn a light on? And the answer is sometimes yes and sometimes no. So I I think there is an integration issue uh, where it comes to some of these technologies. And as I think we're all getting towards, like the, the hardware in a lot of these tech is very cool. Where it falls down is on the user interface, user experience side of things. The problem comes like the rough edges where it's like all of these things have slightly different syntaxes. So something that I say to my HomePod won't necessarily have the same effect if I say it to my Echo. Uh, and, and that's troubling. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people do struggle with the idea of like, what is this really bringing me as an improvement? And I don't think there's currently a certainly not a one size fits all demo for like, ah, in the home of the future, you will be able to do this. <laughs> so I, I think that's the biggest thing that's sort of uh, the barrier to entry of convincing people like, this is something that will demonstrably improve your experience and it won't make you feel like an idiot every time you reach for a light switch and it doesn't work anymore. Those are those are fantastic answers. I, I agree with all of that. Um, and my concern is that we, we're kind of moving into this new era of all these, you can see, like you guys just talked about, the ecosystems sometimes kind of getting closed off and, and companies developing their own products for those ecosystems. You, I, I worry about, are we going to have less compatibility unless, you know, unless you're within the Amazon world or the Apple world, will those uh, ecosystems only support things in their in their little universe because it's easier to do it that way. And, and certainly we know from from the Apple mantra of it just works and, and all of our stuff works great together. That's a lot. That's very true for the smart home. But a lack of a true open standard right now is, I think, causing some of these problems. And again, consumers thinking, well, does this thing work with that thing? can be a challenge. I think for discoverability and for for users who are new to it and thinking, well, what do I do with this smart home stuff? Like I like the lights and locks and and uh, smart uh, everything, but what do I do? So I think the other thing for the future is a dose, a little dose of artificial intelligence, a little dose of maybe even augmented reality to like scan your living room and it'll suggest, you know, the different things that you could have there or how you could adjust these lights to make it, uh, to create an ambiance scene. Those, those little things that are actually really important are really important for the future of the smart home. Agreed. Well, we have hit four topics, folks. Great job, everybody. Uh, but we have, of course, uh, enough time for a bonus topic. Before we get to that, though, I want to uh, ask Dan to tell us about our pals at Hopsy. Oh, absolutely, Micah. Thank you. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our friends at Hopsy. Hopsy was created by three guys who love craft beer. And they know the best beer comes straight from the tap, but that's not always accessible, right? So now you can have your own beer bar at home with something called the Sub. It's not a submarine. It's a countertop appliance that fits neatly in your kitchen, your bar, your living room, wherever you want it. So you can enjoy amazingly fresh beer, like pale ales, IPAs, brown ales, porters, whenever you want. Hopsy is the Nespresso for beer. It brings beer on tap to the comfort of your own home without a hefty price tag. And they've partnered with a long list of breweries to ship mini kegs straight to you. Hopsy was kind enough to send me a sub and a couple little mini kegs of beer. 
I really love it. I, I enjoy beer quite a bit, but I do love draft beer much more than beer out of a bottle or a can. So it's great to have that always available. And what particularly appeals to me about it is that if I want a little bit of beer with my dinner or something like that, I don't have to go open a bottle and then be like, uh, I don't really want like a whole bottle of beer tonight. Like I can draw, I can just pour myself like a little four ounce glass of beer to have, uh, you know, with my, with my, uh, dinner or what have you. Hopsy is so simple and convenient, it's easy to see why it's called an espresso for beer. So go and find out for yourself. Head to tryhopsy.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise to get the sub-home draft machine, two mini kegs of beer, which is equivalent to two six-packs, two Hopsy glasses, and free membership in the monthly beer club, all for just $99. Terms and conditions do apply. So one more time, tryhopsy.com slash clockwise. That's H-O-P-S-Y. And use promo code CLOCKWISE. Our thanks to Hopsy for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Micah, what's the bonus topic? Uh, I'm curious. Do you have a favorite plant and or, you know, a plant that you really like? If so, what is it? Kathy, we'll start with you. I am not allowed to have any living plants in my house um, because I murder even plastic ones. <laughs> um, so I enjoy living greenery uh that is outside uh i like kathy i have a history of killing plants so i tend not to keep them in the house i will say you kind of took my answer which was i really enjoy getting a christmas tree every year so that's going to be my favorite plant although technically i guess they're dead by the time you bring them to the house so that's a little macabre <laughs> now that we include trees i thought all right i'll go to my second answer which you know the cashew tree because cashews are delicious Ooh, cashews are delicious I have lots of uh, plants in my house, but um, my favorite plant is the juniper. Juniper makes the most, I feel, beautiful bonsai tree. They smell very good if you rub your fingers on them. And then also, they help make gin, which yeah, is so a delicious drink. That's that's a winner right there. Uh, thank you all for your answers. This has been a fabulous episode. All that's left is to thank our fabulous guests. Kathy Campbell, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Clockwise. Thank you for having me again, Micah. And Joe Duganzik, thank you so much for being on Clockwise for the first time. You were great. Thank you so much. It's great. Uh, I'll have to, I can't wait to be on again. I think that's the end of our, our show, Dan. It is, Micah. We'll be back next week. Until then, we remind all of you listening out there watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>